to the Rack Podcast. Now is a great time to check out our last episode where we spoke with Kristen Taylor about her recent graduation from the nursing program and her new rewarding career. Today's episode features another story of how a nursing degree from Rack can lead to you being an emergency room physician in a Veterans Administration Hospital. We are continuing our quest to share our graduate successes by welcoming a doctor who has done just that, Please welcome Dr. Deborah Hermony. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being with us today. You're welcome. So I'd love to start at the beginning, and you have to tell me, what was RAC like when you attended school here? Well, I was here from 1976 to 1978, and RAC was located in the Riverside School, elementary school at that time, and we had four modular buildings behind the school that were the nursing program thinking all of them belong to us, but I'm not sure exactly. Anyway, uh, so we did all our classes uh, and our own library. We had our own library and all of our educators were in that, in those buildings. So I only actually had one class in the Riverside School building and that was anatomy and physiology. The rest of my classes I had previously taken at private college before I came to RAC, so I didn't need to repeat those. Okay. So what initially brought you here since you had had some experience before that? Um, I was encouraged by my roommate was a nurse who graduated from Lankanaw Nursing Program. And at the time, I was not sure that I was going to be able to continue on in pre-med because of the finances. And she encouraged me to come to RAC thinking that I could do nursing instead of being a physician. And I thought it was a good idea. Checked into it at $17 a credit. It was certainly very reasonable. (laughs) And (laughs) so I came down to the program, talked to Anna Mae High, who was was the chief of nursing at that time. Okay. And uh, it looked like a good program. So I came here at that time. And then we had uh, rotations that we did to all the local hospitals, the nursing homes, et cetera. And that kind of encouraged me to keep going. As I got into my senior year, senior uh, trimester, uh, my second year, I was more encouraged to go back to college and finish my, my BS degree. So that's why I continued on and then went to medical school after that. Okay. So was your bachelor's in nursing or did you continue into the medical no, profession? My, my associate's degree was in nursing from RAC. My bachelor's was in biology. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. So what made you decide to go to your pre-med school? Why did you choose that school specifically? I started at Allentown College of St. Francis de Sales Uh, Because at the time, they were listed as having a 75% entrance rate into medical schools. And it was a really high entrance rate. So my class that actually started that year in 1973 was 70-some students. And we were all interested in going to medical school. Because we all saw the same ad. What we didn't know was that statistics lets them have four people apply for medical school and three get in so they can list it as 75 percent entrance rate oh my goodness (laughs) but um so I went there two years and then I transferred to Kutztown locally I did Kutztown for a year before I came to Rack, and then I finished at Kutztown after I I finished at Rack. okay and so I know you also attended the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine is that right that's correct okay so can you tell our listeners 
what that means, what osteopathic medicine means. Well, osteopathic medicine is the four years of medical school that you would normally do in an MD program. But in addition to it, you have four years of osteopathic manipulation and kind of muscle management, I guess is the best way to say it. They are, the osteopaths are much more in tune to teaching family practice, general medicine, pediatrics, obstetrics, emergency medicine, like the basic uh, medical programs and uh like an all-round they at one point listed it as homeopathic but it's it's really just a generalized good medicine now today they allow people who are mds to come to the osteopathic schools and as part of their residency program take the osteopathic classes and learn to do that on top of their medical degree so it's just like an additional additional thing that i learned while i was in school and it was nice because it was in Philadelphia and I could come home and sure. close by, you know, and I got to do rotations in the area hospitals, um, Allentown, York, Lancaster, uh, Reading, you know, I, I was able to stay close to home. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, okay. So what was your career like after you graduated? Where did you go first? I went to Long Island and I did an internship in Long Island for a year. That poor little hospital got washed away in Sandy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were six of us, six interns. We were our first class of interns there. And it was really a nice little hospital. It was very mm-hmm. busy, 252 beds. And we had an additional 300 plus bed nursing home next door that we took care of. And after that, I did a residency um, at Geisinger Medical Center. And then from there, I started working. And I've been in ER medicine for 34 years now. So I imagine that your work has changed a little bit over the past year and a half. (laughs) So can you tell us about maybe what's changed and how your education helped prepare you for those changes? Actually, I think some of my nursing education helped me the most because everything that we do today is about uh, being safe. So I work at the VA now, and our rooms are... Private rooms are set up uh, so that if you come in with any symptoms that are COVID-related, you're automatically put into a room. You're not interviewed in the general areas where everybody else is interviewed. And then we, as physicians, have to be gowned and protected with PPE or personal protective equipment. And all of those things really came out of the nursing program in the as basics that we learned, I remember learning over at the Reading Hospital, actually, mm-hmm. as, a, as a nursing student. And they follow through today. Everything is still the same way. I would say, well, we've gotten past the, the largest majority of the COVID, but we're starting to see a rack up in numbers again recently in the last month. And I think we're going back into a little bit more COVID-related symptoms now again. And it's, it's really hard to understand why People cannot just be keep themselves safe and clean, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a hard time with that, you know. And I think that sure. was one thing that came out of COVID is that it's taught everybody to wash your hands. Yes, absolutely. Put your mask on. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Talk to me a little bit about what the career outlook is for someone who wants to go into healthcare. Um, healthcare in general, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity. In nursing, they pretty much can run the gamut from any kind of hospital, nursing home, all of the insurance companies are hiring nurses, all of the companies that do billing are hiring nurses. You can pretty much do whatever you want. 
uh, it's whatever your desire is to to work into. I used my nursing education to give me the finances to get through medical school, mm-hmm. but it was a great background. You know, I got to work in surgical ICU and work in the operating room and do things that I would have never been able to do prior to medical school if I hadn't had that nursing license. But it did financially help me get through school. Right. That was important. (laughs) Sure, of course. (laughs) And that sounds a lot like the program that we have here now. Our students have two years here when they're in the program, and they get a lot of experience in a lot of different clinical settings, including the hospitals and the doctor's offices, much like what you Mm -hmm. talked about earlier. So they really get that nice foundation to know kind of which direction they would like to go. That's good. That's what they need. So I know in our local healthcare facilities that some healthcare professionals retired, others left the industry, and I know that some elective procedures were also put on hold during COVID. So can you tell me how that impacted the industry? There are nursing jobs, absolutely, not just nursing jobs, there's physician jobs, there's all kinds of medical jobs across the board in every hospital and in every part of the industry because so many people retired or just said, I'm done, I I don't wanna be exposed to this, or I can't expose my family to this. Or in some cases, I had nurses who had to quit because they had nobody take care of their children at home because the kids weren't going to school. So all those things, everything has to kind of, the wheels have to go back into motion again before it's, gonna, before it's going to catch up. And it's going to take a long time. How long do you think that will last? I would say you're going to look at about 10 years before you're going to be back to where we were. Yeah. And it's the way it happens. It's, it's the way life is. I work in the urgent care now for uh, Reading per diem. And we see a lot, a lot of, our, our urgent cares are packed. They're packed full of people. And I'm not sure. I mean, sometimes I, I have people who will tell me that they couldn't get an appointment with their family doctor because they were full, but I'm not sure if that's all of it. I don't know if some, some of them have got just gone out of business and they don't have no place to go or if they're not trying to get an, an, an appointment, but we're so full and so busy and Easily, you know, easily every one of us sees 30, 40, 50 patients a day apiece and we're packed. The emergency room is packed every time I go over, it's packed. So I don't know what the difference is. I personally don't know why all of a sudden all the people aren't going back to their primary care if they just aren't there. As far as um, the elective surgeries and things were put on hold, that was put on the back burner, of course, for almost a year. And slowly they started to go back to the surgeries. I think pretty much they're operating back to close to normal schedules. Of course, everything has to be on an appointment time. Everything you get done, lab work, appointment time. You can't just walk in and wait in line anymore. And that's just to protect everybody. But I think overall it's going to probably give us about 10 years before we're going to go back to where we were. It's unfortunate, but there's not enough help. We can't open departments. Every single hospital that I talk to, they have to rotate departments that are closed because they don't have nursing staff and they desperately need them. And I know I know that the uh, nursing school, the graduates coming out of the nursing school are going right into jobs. You know, when I graduated from school, you had to work two years on a general floor before they were going to give you any opportunity to work in a bigger area like the OR or the ER or ICU. You know, you needed two years of general education and time, mostly to get yourself settled, learn the medicines, learn a routine, learn the computer or the paperwork, whatever it was you had to learn, 
And then once you got yourself settled, then they could try to move you up into Mm. more expansive areas. Now they just don't have that kind of time. They don't have the luxury of that time and they're moving them faster into more involved areas, you know, step down units and cardiology units and stuff like that. And they kind of have to teach them on the run. So does that mean their orientation process has changed a little bit? You know, like you said, they would normally have two years of to learn their basic skills and get those honed in. It has, it has. And I, I mean, I don't, I think you still get six months of orientation no matter where you go. That's pretty much standard in the industry. But I think they really do move you faster into areas where they really need you. They need they need the people in those areas to function so they move them along faster. So as you know, this is our 50th anniversary year. So do you have a message that you'd like to share with our campus community and Dr. Looney on this occasion? I think that they've done a great job over the last 50 years. I've come back to take computer classes here, and I've been in the Schmidt Center multiple times for classes and gotten to speak to some of the students there. And I think that overall, there's a lot of opportunity here. I've looked at the booklets that come out when they get ready to start the new semesters Mm -hmm. and I see that there's a lot of opportunity there for people to get into programs that I never even knew existed I think that overall the school has done a great job I you know hope that they continue on I think they provide a a good background for a lot of people in this area and it's reasonable again reasonably priced you know some people can't some people can't travel some people have families Whatever their instance is, I think it gives them a good opportunity to stay here and be able to move forward. When I was at uh, the Schmidt Center, I got the ability to talk to a lot of guys who come in work in, come to school in the evenings, working during the daytime, and they're advancing themselves in their in their careers at the jobs that they already have. And it's nice to see that. I definitely agree with you. I think that one of the things we excel here at RAC in particular is meeting people in the community exactly where they are. So if they've been out of the workforce or if they've been out of school or maybe they're just out of high school or they have families or jobs or other responsibilities, we really have programs short-term and long-term that meet those needs and help them get that education that they need to be successful. I agree. Just on a final note, what advice would you give to our listeners and any maybe future doctors about their careers and education? Just keep the nose to the grindstone. You can do it. There are always going to be stumbling blocks no matter where you go, no matter what you do in life. You're going to come up to things that you'd never expected. And you just have to teach yourself a way to get around it and you can keep on moving forward. I see a lot of people who go back to school after they've been out working for a while, have a family, et cetera, and they do very, very well. And I think for the most part, at least I saw that at PCOM, if you had a background, a little bit of a background where you had a job and had a family or whatever, knew this is what you really wanted to do, you were had actually had a better chance of getting in than somebody just fresh out of school, you know, that never had any experience. Mm -hmm. So I think if you keep moving, you can go forward very easily. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing. Sure. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. And it was really interesting talking to you and hearing about your career Mm -hmm. path and everything. And always good to talk to another alumni. Yep. If Dr. Hermony's story has inspired you today, we can help you achieve those goals too. The RAC Nursing Associate of Applied Science offers state-of-the-art classroom and lab technologies and gives you a variety of experience at offices and hospitals throughout our region. Upon graduation, you will be well prepared to enter the workforce in an in-demand field. 
The need for healthcare professionals is high, as you've heard today, so get started right now. To learn more, visit www.rack.edu hp. Come back and listen to us each week as we share more stories of our successful graduates. And don't forget, this is our 50th year of excellence. Check out 50.rack.edu to see how we're planning our celebration. I am Sonia Rieger on the Reading Area Community College Podcast, and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye.